We subsidize sugar. We subsidize corn. We subsidize corn, high fructose corn syrup. We subsidize and pay with our taxpayer dollars the crap that's killing us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's absolutely true. Whether you want to eat it or not. You're paying for it. You're paying for it. If you're paying taxes. If you're paying taxes. Hey, y'all, put on your boots, grab your headphones, and let's get a little muddy. As we build a community rooted in the love of dirt roads, whether dust or mud. Welcome to the Dust or Mud Podcast. So on February the 5th, 2019, I quit eating sugar for the what I found out was the rest of my life. How that happened? Let's talk about it. Okay. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. It was one of those things whenever you came in and you said, hey, I want to try this thing. And I was not necessarily keen on it at all. We talked about it for a couple of, I don't know, a week or two, just kind of thought, banged it around in our heads. And I was not necessarily super happy about it. Yeah. but was willing to give it a try for your sake. And we'll get into that. But as we now know, upon further, lots of research and further discovery, it turned into a lifelong decision Yeah, for both of us. Absolutely. Sure did. So take us back a little bit. Let's start on- with... Oh, let's start with an intro. Hi, welcome to the Duster Mud Podcast, (laughs) episode 14. We're so excited to get into this episode. I'll just start talking about it. (laughs) Uh, So last week, we had Rebecca, our oldest daughter on here, and she really opened up a lot about her trials and tribulations and in turn hope. Yeah, I I predicted that we would have a story of hope, and I think by the end of it, I, I think everybody saw that. They could see the hope there. Absolutely, yes. As, as she has made her journey from what she felt like was hopelessness and has turned her life around. Yeah. It was a really fun... Um, it was a good conversation. Yeah. I don't know if it was a fun one, but it no, was definitely a it was good, good... It was a good conversation. And we've gotten a lot of comments back, yeah. a lot of encouraging comments on her. One cool hashtag, Rebecca Strong, came in from a yeah. friend of ours. That was really neat. Did my heart good. Uh, another friend pointed out that would like for one of his kids to watch the episode, has been through something very similar in his life. Yeah. And would really like for him to listen to it, so yeah. that sh- so that he could also maybe find some hope and benefit out of yeah, it. Yeah, it was really cool. So that was a that was a good conversation. That was episode thirteen. Yep. If you know anybody that is struggling and could just use a story of how she turned her life around and might give them some hope, yeah, pass it on, share yeah, it. Absolutely, it's a good one. Yeah, it is a good one. So. You've teased it. Uh-huh. What are we talking about today? So we're going to dive into food. Okay. We're going to dive into, and we're going to talk about our experiences and debunk some diet myths that the world, yeah, kind of the world now, that's kind of, that's too big probably, but most importantly, the standard American 
walking around has been led to belief. Yeah. And how it's affecting us as a as a nation and as individuals. Yeah. So there's tons of information out there. My goodness. There's so much. Like even in preparation for this episode, it's just absolutely overwhelming how much info there is out there. And so what we're going to try to do is talk through our our personal journey. Yeah. And we'll use numbers and some of the research and some of the things that we've found and learned during the conversation, but not really trying to take through a scientific review of all of the data and research out there. Right. No. <laughs> that's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> we will that's overwhelming. We will and are happy to give resources at yeah. the end on the on the podcast YouTube description. Yeah. We will put the resources that we have found to be most beneficial and some of the resources from the data that we have collected. And you can put that out there for people to go and look at. Yeah, we'll do. Yeah. So take it. Let's go back a little bit to that, that, that week or those weeks in 2019, whenever we were just kind of toying around with, Hey, let's try a ketogenic diet. Okay. So, um, I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease in 2013 and had, I wouldn't say been struggling with, with gut health, but like it just hadn't been great. Mm -hmm. And a flying Air Force doctor friend of mine, um, he kept putting information out on Facebook about ketogenic diet, ketogenic diet. I didn't really know anything about it. And then for a while there, he was, the information he was putting out was specifically geared towards people with Crohn's disease and how a ketogenic diet might help or people with irritable bowel writ large, you know, like different, different um, inflammatory type diseases Mm -hmm. and how, a ketogenic diet might help those people. And so um, I know, like, and trust him. Mm-hmm. I've flown with him, you know, like, so it, it there was a, a foundation of trust there. And so I just thought, I, I think just based really solely on his recommendations, yeah. I thought, uh, what, what, what have we got to hurt? Yeah, what, what's you know, there to lose? I, there's, there's illness and sickness going on here already. Yeah, you know, the worst that could happen is it causes a a Crohn's flare up, and that's not abnormal. You know, right. it wasn't for me at the time. So right. it's like, okay, so if I have a flare up, so you know, okay. I, I just won't do that again. You know, yeah. And okay. so that that really drove me to say, hey, let's let's give this a try. Okay, but that wasn't in 2013. That was we didn't even start that oh, thought no, process sorry. until 2019. Yeah. So you lived with it for about six years, trying different things. Yeah. To mitigate the inflammation and such, there were times when we ate healthier than others, or what we thought was healthier. Yeah. Than other Turns times. Out. <laughs> Turns out not necessarily. Maybe not. Yeah. Maybe not. And so. The, the point came in, you're finding out some new information about keto. We started looking into it. Maybe this could help. Yeah. So it's, it's been six years I, of kind of dealing with it. And okay, 
let's try this. Yeah, at that point, it, it wasn't things. even really that I was finding out information about it. Yeah. Like I had just, this was solely on Bone's recommendation. Right. You know, like this, this might help people. People. And you. Okay. So you talked me into it and I'm pretty much, (laughs) I'm pretty much, I've have a history of health conscious diets slash gym rat some slash sometimes we cared and sometimes we didn't. And I'm pretty willing to try different things. But I was pretty, I was a little hesitant on this one just because you're telling me that I can't eat any carbs or sugar and to me oftentimes you know i don't know a smoothie is healthy right and we're gonna have to kind of come away from that big time well if we can't eat all of the things that we usually eat what are we going to eat and then the just the question in the back of your mind how am i going to survive <laughs> and i was not really looking forward to it to be honest yeah. but was willing to give it a try and found out it's not no carbs, right? It's, right. It's reduced no. and right. And well, compared to kinds. what that's what we were eating, it was. <laughs> it might as well have been no carbs. Yeah, fair. Yeah, it might as well have been. But at any rate, so we, I say yes, and we kind of prepare. We start doing some. Okay, what can we eat? Cursory, very cursory study on. Well, what what do you eat when you eat a keto? Diet, I guess people will call it. We just call it a way of eating now. It's how we eat. Lifestyle. A lifestyle. Right. Okay. It's not a diet from a, 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 the perspective of I am out to lose weight. No. It is a a diet like a human diet, you know, like from, from a bigger perspective. Right. Right. So we, I agree. We plan, we prepare, we go to the grocery store, we get the things, we get onto the... Mr. Google and start finding what do you eat and recipes and doing all the research. And so we... Do you remember our first keto meal? Oh, keto meal. Yeah. We went to the bowling alley on base. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that was the first time. <laughs> the first just, time. It, we, yeah. we said, we had okay. Just, we had just here's, been... Here's our... Out. <laughs> yeah. Here's meal we, number one. No bun. And we got a hamburger with no bun, and we didn't get French fries. No, no French fries. I do remember that very well. <laughs> it had cheese and bacon and beef, and yeah, it was great. Yep. Uh, so we were, we figured out really quickly and how to how to do low carb, pretty quick, but it was not easy. Those first couple of weeks, yeah, for me, keto flu was a real thing. In a way, I didn't necessarily like the way it made me feel yeah. as far as just getting over the hump yep. of all of the carbs. It kind of cleansing my body out. Uh, so that was in 2019. And now it's 2023. And we have a farm. And we've, we've kind of, we've, we've done a lot of things. There's been a, like five years of past. So we need to fill in some gap on these five years. Some of the things that we've learned what we've you know diving into and helping people with with foods yeah. and we love that yeah so what how did we uh so you had crohn's we started eating keto and we started learning 
Yeah. And we spent a lot of time educating ourselves. Yeah, the, the whole learning process started really with what is keto? How do we do this? And I, I don't remember how far into it we were. And I mean, when we, when we say we started learning, it was, it was books, it was podcasts, it was um, week, weekends, we would spend all day uh, watching YouTube videos. It happened to be kind and, of wintry anyway. Yeah, it was wintry. And, and, so we just we, we hibernated with YouTube. Yeah. And we were watching um, seminars and instruction, like we would watch two, three hour instruction from different doctors. And like, we were just mm -hmm. like voraciously consuming information. And um, it was, it, it was a quite a while there where we oh, were yeah. just, just. We saturated our brains until we felt like we were comfortable with, okay, now I got the, I got it. Yeah. I got it. But there was a transition there with us. So we started learning about it and diving into it. And what is it, let, let's talk about just for a second some of the information that we get, gathered during those times when we were just sitting there in front of the YouTube going, wait, what? Yeah. So we learned about the history of how we got here with the standard American diet. Yeah. Can you help us walk us through? With yeah, and soul I mean, I, and how how that progressed and the knowledge that we got when we were sitting there in front of YouTube. Yeah. So we, what we'll talk about is our our perspective, our yeah, for our sure. opinion. Yeah. And there are other opinions out there. So many. So yeah, this is our opinion, and yeah. these are our experiences that have gotten us to where we are today. Yeah. So Ansel Keys was a doctor. He did a study in the early 50s 1950s I think, 1950 mm -hmm. early 50s is when mm -hmm. he did the study it was published as the seven countries study mm -hmm. and in that study is where he he tied um, cholesterol to heart disease and a high fat diet specifically saturated fat high fat diet to cholesterol that then tied to heart disease mm -hmm. and not long after that um, the president had a heart attack. The president of the United States had a I, heart attack. President Eisenhower. President Eisenhower. So it was a, a national thing. He was a beloved president. Mm -hmm. The nation was freaked out because it, heart issues were becoming a thing. And Ansel was a very, very vocal, um, pushy uh, type person, and he really used that, and he was prominent in D.C., and so he used that event to really push his hypothesis onto the nation, and it it worked. And from there, um, there's 20 years of things that happened, but from there, it really led to, on a national level, the introduction of a very low-fat which in turn generates a high-carbohydrate diet. And by the 70s now, it came out as actual government guidelines for the American diet is a high-carbohydrate, low-fat diet. And, I mean, think back to when we were in school in the late 70s, you know, that that's exactly what we were taught. Mm -hmm. And, in, you know, we end up with the food pyramid at that point with... Right. 
you know, the base of the pyramid, the thing that you're supposed to eat the most of being all carbohydrates. That was, that was your grains. Mm-hmm. And so it, it leads to uh, the what we've termed, at least, and others, the standard American diet, where mm-hmm. you've got 50% plus of the calories consumed on a daily basis are carbohydrates. Oh, yeah. So you said seven country study. So it's a study that he looked at just seven countries. No, and un- unfortunately, to... on that one, he looked. It was either twenty one or twenty three. I don't remember which. Um, different countries, and of the data he collected, he cherry picked the data that supported his hypothesis. And of those twenty plus countries, only seven of them supported the hypothesis. So he dis- disregarded all of the other countries that whose data did not support his hypothesis mm-hmm. um, and then published the seven countries study with, um, with then the recommendation of lowering cholesterol, that cholesterol is linked to heart disease. So that's just junk science, unfortunately, yeah. because you don't, if we all went through high school experiment science. We know that you're, you don't do your experiment or publish your studies just based on your hypothesis to prove your hypothesis. Yeah. I mean, what, what you, you should do obviously is <laughs> you posit a hypothesis and then you do an experiment and then you either prove or disprove your hypothesis based on the data collected and the way he looked at it was he just used the experiment to collect data that would prove his hypothesis and any data outlying as as an outlier that didn't fit his hypothesis he just disregarded so we took a person's hypothesis and have created an entire national problem yeah and <laughs> Recently, I was looking at it, wow. and I, I believe it, it's worse than national. I believe it's now worldwide, worldwide because the standard American diet has been exported now around the world, mm. and countries around the world that have historically been thin, healthy, are now, like I, I think the latest number I saw was 40% of the globe are now obese. Mm. And I, I believe that that's based largely on the now exported standard American diet, which really allows for ultra-processed foods. Mm-hmm. And so once you start getting into the ultra-processed foods, now you're introducing just that huge high carb. Yeah. Okay. So he came up with that cholesterol hypothesis. Yeah. And during our upbringing, we faced, we saw eggs were bad, cholesterol is bad, so therefore eggs are bad, and they demonized eggs, they demonized meat, they demonized fat, they demonized all of the these things yeah. for years. Yeah. It's very, very difficult to get people who maybe do care about their health to... How are you now going to convince them when they have been, how are you going to change their minds when they have been, we have been, I was, it was so ingrained that these things were bad. Yeah. And now you're going to try to convince me. I think at first, if, if you can remember back, I think at first we were um, skeptical at least. 
if not, yeah. if not just, I don't, I don't know if I believe this. Mm-hmm. Right. And then it took, I think that's why we spent so much time researching. We spent so much time reading and finding, finding another source. Right. Okay. So that doctor says it, but maybe he's a quack. Let's find another one. Mm-hmm. And then there was another one that said it. And it's like, Whoa. and then there were not just doctors, there was journalists and actual investigative journalists going out there yeah. and trying to find the truth. Yeah. Scientists, researchers, you know, right. Um, yeah. And so it, it, for us at least, there was a, a moment <laughs> and I, I can distinctly remember the moment where it was, they lied to us. Mm. The, they being, I don't know, the, uh, standard doctors the government with the food pyramid and guidelines the i don't know medical standards of care that would put a high carbohydrate diet before you know in front of you when you're in the hospital yeah. like just the school lunches like the whole mm-hmm. thing there was just this moment where it's like you've got to be kidding me i really think they lied to us mm-hmm. and and so from there it was like well what is the truth? Mm. And 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 that it, the 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 quest for information right. sh- shifted a little bit there from <laughs> I'm I'm curious about this thing. This doesn't sound right based on the knowledge that I have, the my foundation, right. my frame of reference, especially like you said with health, mm-hmm. you know. Um, calorie in, calorie out. It well, doesn't we matter what just, the calorie is. Well, you, know? you were a fighter pilot, and you weren't allowed to just. I mean, you had to be fit. Yeah, there was that. There was a standard of fitness that was required. So we had to care. Yeah, sure. To some degree, yeah. we couldn't just willy nilly eat whatever always that we wanted to, so that that it, it mattered. Yeah, because you had to fly. Fight and win. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I'm sorry, I had to. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, no, you had to. You had, to, you had PT tests. You had to pass. Yeah. You had to be able to run a mile and a half in X amount of minutes and do sit ups and push ups and all of the things. Yeah. And so. And at that point, a waist measurement. And a waist measurement because anything over 40 inches, not cool. Yeah. So, this we're not talking about people who don't care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we cared. Yeah. We thought we were. Kind of healthy most yeah, of the time. Absolutely. We weren't. Right. Mm. Yeah. Okay, so we've all believed Ansel at this point. The government has us all on track to get on board with this low fat. We all know whenever it happened. I mean, we went to, remember when the baked potato came on board at Wendy's? Yeah. Go get yourself a baked potato salad bar and get some chili on top. Yeah, I did. That was during that time. Yeah. We stopped eating hamburgers. Well, I mean, yeah. we still ate them, but yeah. this... Oh, it's okay to eat the potato. Yeah. Yeah, if you were wanting to be healthy. That's right. I'm getting the, the healthy baked potato. choice is the baked potato. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, I do remember that. Mm. Okay, so we're all on board with all of this. And it was okay for a little while. That's what we all did. And it worked. It seemed to be working. Actually, if you look at the data, it didn't. Mm. It never did work. Well, we didn't know it because we couldn't see the outward effects of it for a few years. Yeah. 
We um, did lasting effects weren't there. Long term effects weren't there because well, long term hadn't happened. Yeah. So they really didn't. It took a while for them to figure it out. If they've even figured it out at this point. Well, there's a, a whole lot of research now. Now, because that started back in the 70s. Yeah. So it's been 50 years, Yeah. roughly. Yeah. So, that, I mean, it's things like, go back to the old um, women's magazines, uh-huh. pre-1950s. Yeah. There's, there's all, like, all women <laughs> know that, you know, to be healthy, you don't eat the biscuits. Yeah, you don't eat the carbs. You don't eat the you carbs. You don't eat the like pasta. That, that used to be common... Like the the common foundation was right. that um, the the carbs led to a, a weight gain un- right. unhealthy right like so th- there was an uphill battle there between the fifties and the seventies really mm-hmm. to change uh, um, the mind of an entire culture but it worked oh yes it did it really did mm. so. Cholesterol misconception. So but we've we've demonized cholesterol at this point. Cholesterol is bad. We've got to get. I mean, everyone's on a statin. Everyone is being told to bring your cholesterol down. We we've we've thought about this a lot yeah. because your your family has a history of high cholesterol. Yes, that's true. And my family has a history of heart disease. And they have a history of heart disease, yes. heart attacks at a young age. Very young age, actually. Death at young age. At a young age. Yep. And it's cholesterol's fault by nineteen eighty. Oh yeah, ninety. Definitely it's, by the eighties. It's cholesterol's fault. Yes. That these people are having heart attacks and and dying. Yeah. And so we're going to get everyone's cholesterol down. Yep. Yep. Right. And so they start getting everyone's cholesterol down through diet and medications. Yeah. That was the common knowledge, absolutely. Um, the As we did more study, mm-hmm. it it turns out, and, and it, at least our truth right now, mm-hmm. <laughs> is cholesterol is required in the body. Uh, around 70% of the brain is made up of cholesterol, like it is, it is, um, it is absolutely necessary for health. And one of the things that cholesterol will do is it will cover over or patch, try to repair things that mm-hmm. are uh, inflamed or torn. And yeah. so, when when you eat inflammatory foods, um, the your your arteries begin to inflame. And then one of the things that happens then is cholesterol will go in and try to coat it and fix try to infl- fix it. Right. it it's basically, the it, yeah. So the inflammation actually ends up causing damage to the mm-hmm. arteries. Tears. And tears. Mm-hmm. And your body treats cholesterol or your, to your body, cholesterol is like a Band-Aid. Right. And it, and it, it goes in and repairs that tear. And then more inflammation, more cholesterol goes in there. More inflammation, more cholesterol, more inflammation, more cholesterol. And eventually, you end up with blocked arteries Mm -hmm. due to the cholesterol. Yeah. Um, The the problem with that is 
not the cholesterol. The, the cholesterol is doing what it's supposed to do. If you weren't inflaming and you mm-hmm. weren't tearing your arteries, then cholesterol wouldn't be working in that way. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't have to. So the, it, it's, it's a different way of looking at it, I think. And, and one of the things, realizations that we've talked about recently is if you are eating a standard American diet mm-hmm. and you are inflaming your arteries due to that diet, cholesterol will clog your arteries. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's yes. doing what it's, it's doing its job. It's doing its job. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't make cholesterol bad. Hmm. It's just doing its job. Hmm. The bad thing is the thing that's actually inflaming your arteries to begin with. Mm-hmm. If you weren't cutting yourself, you wouldn't need to put a Band-Aid on it. Right. It's not the Band-Aid's fault. Right. The, the Band-Aid is just trying to fix it. So the science community has been has had some reassessments. There have been doctors. There are tests. There are studies going on. Going ah, maybe maybe that wasn't quite right, and some reassessment has been happening yeah. within that community and uh, i'll just throw this one out there uh the association of dietary circulating and supplemental fatty acids with coronary risk a systemic review and meta-analysis out of the annals of internal medicine in 2014 they're now finding there was it was a weak or no association between saturated fats and heart disease, and it's cha- their challenge. It's beginning to challenge the studies are beginning to challenge the decades old guidance. Yeah. So that was in 2014. Yep. There are at that point for for quite a few years now we've been seeing that mm, maybe that low fat thing wasn't so good. Yeah. Right. So yeah. that freed us up. The continue on our quest for more information, those types of that type of information. We, we just stayed on our quest for more and more information and really now, got into it. Yeah. And now, now just pissed off a, though. I mean, it's a, it's a foundational off. shake, yes. right? Like our, our whole That's right. um, health foundation, like from the time that we could remember uh-huh. was built on the food pyramid. Really. Right. Right. You know, I mean, right. and so that that pyramid now crumbled <laughs> because the base of it we're now learning yeah. shouldn't actually be the base. Right. It probably shouldn't even be there. Right. It should be the tip if anything. Yeah. Right? Right. And and so like all of a sudden and I remember us talking about mm-hmm. it, pausing the the videos yep. and saying we've got to flip the food pyramid upside, upside down. down. Upside down. And, and it, it just like, like you just pause and think, and uh, I mean, some I think some things put candy on the very top or something. They did, but like with the oil, yeah, oil, with fats, yeah, with fats, yeah. But candy like, and fats are not, the same. Not saying group. that candy needs to be there, but no. like take candy off of that one. Right, food pyramid needs to be flipped completely, and the the fats need to be the basis of this mm-hmm. thing. Right, and so that that now foundation is shaking you know yeah, yeah, it's all and so starting to... now it's a we've got to totally rebuild a foundation of knowledge for for health for us right and health being food from the food perspective right not saying well we shouldn't exercise i mean like not not that right just from the from what we're consuming perspective, mm-hmm. yeah. our foundation is now rattled completely, and we need to rebuild it. Yeah. And as we started trying to rebuild it, the next realization for me is, 
I might not have to have a heart attack. Yeah. Well, for me, it was, I might not have to be rotund in my older age. Because I don't have systemic autoimmune issues. Yeah. Don't really have any, I don't know, major health problems genetically within my family. But the I'm going to get fat, 50-year-old women do, yeah. you know. And, and for me, it was by the time I'm in my 50s, I will have had at least my first heart attack. Right. But just family history. Yeah. By the time I'm there, mm-hmm. I will have, I mean, I'm 50 right now. Mm-hmm. And you look amazing, by the way. Why, thank you. So do you. <laughs> um, Not that but, that's the point. But by, but. <laughs> but by this point, from a genetic perspective, from my family's perspective, I should have already had my first heart attack. And so the there was a, a, a flip, a switch that yeah. went, wait a minute. Are you saying maybe, half? Maybe it's not just genetics. Maybe it's what we're eating. Yeah. And uh, and again, it's just like foundation shakes, you know, because I, I don't know that it was anything that I had, I had made a conscious decision about or, yeah. or, or but it was just that well, it was an awareness, just, yeah. you know, in as we are self-aware, there was an awareness mm-hmm. that I've got heart attacks We're go- yeah. to look forward to yeah. and surgeries and stints and, you know. And right. blood thinners and all of the things. All the things like, I just, go with it. I, I have that to look forward to. Mm-hmm. And there was just this moment where it was, hang on a minute. If all of that stuff is what's causing the heart attacks, maybe if I don't do that stuff, maybe I don't okay. have to have the heart attacks. Right. And and it was a, ugh. huh? <laughs> yeah. And, and there, there was, again, it was just one of those things, you just sort of push pause on mm-hmm. whatever, I don't even remember what we were watching when we when that one hit me, but yeah. it, it's like, you just pause and think and, and go, well, wow, I, I might, I might, uh, again, my, my, the, my core foundational, you know, being yeah. was, uh, shook. was shook. Mm-hmm. So we tried, well, before I go to that, fats versus sugar. So they pulled the fats out, but things got to taste good. And fat tastes good, by the way. They pulled the fats out and things have to taste good. So what did they do? They added a bunch of sugar. That's right. And you can, like all of the low fat products, like that was one of the things. And I remember when they first really started talking about it, probably mm-hmm. in the early 2000s, mm-hmm. the, the right. amount of sugar it's that was then introduced into everything, into everything because it, you, you need things to taste good. And without yeah. the fat, there isn't the flavor. Right. So the, the, the cheapest flavor to add right. then is sugar. And you might not know this, um, but... I believe there are around, is it about 60, roughly 60 different names for sugar that they oh, put yeah. into food? Yeah, yeah. I be, something around there. Sugar isn't just sugar. That would be nice and easy. And it's not just high fructose corn syrup either. That would be easy also. Yeah. If there were five or six, that would be easy. But the fact that it there are almost 60 
different, different ways. names that yeah. they call it and ways that they put it in there that you don't know what os you're eating. Yeah. It's yeah. all, it's hidden. Yeah. It's really, really, it's really difficult to it find. Is. Yeah. And it's in everything. Yeah. Multiple different ways. You'll see two <laughs> or three of them on the same, on the back of the same box. Yeah. And, and so now as the, as the sugar is introduced more and more and more, mm-hmm. um, the f- from the the foods become worse and worse for you, really, because now that that sugar carbohydrate is in everything, mm-hmm. and that now is the the inflammation. Start talking about um, blood sugar levels and A one C and and the 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 tolerance of, of your body to uh, for sugars and um, man by the well right now I believe in the in the country depending on where you get your data it's either forty seven or forty nine percent of Americans either have type two diabetes or some type of metabolic issue that is leading to type two diabetes. Wow. So like it, it, yeah, half it's a, it is like this low fat, high carbohydrate diet that Ansel introduced, you know, that Mm -hmm. the government has pushed has truly like really made folks sick, like really sick. Yeah. You can see it. Yeah, you can you can go out in public and and see it. Yeah, People and so the 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 sugar really now is is leading to the diabetes epidemic. What they thought was a good thing, maybe that's has just had a long lasting. Yeah, that's that's debatable consequences. But yeah, I, at least some folks I believe thought that it was a good thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the absolutely. widespread consequences of obesity, heart disease, diabetes, yeah. on and on, have been brought on by one idea. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay, so <clears throat> we moved to ketogenic diet. We did. Uh, and as an alternative to eating all of the processed foods. And all of the, I don't know, whatever, what they've been telling us to do all those years. Yeah. So uh, through all of the research, it was, okay, let's try it. Let's, you know, let's absolutely try it. Mm -hmm. And the more we learned, the more we felt like what we were doing was the right way of. While we were learning about it, we were trying. Yeah. Like we were in the middle of eating that way whenever we were diving in so deep down the rabbit hole. Yeah. But it was it was that. But I thought you, it was probably temporary. Yeah, we're going to try this. You start feeling more and more like justified to yourself, right? The well, I'm not going to eat cereal for breakfast again. Again, you know, I'm right. not going to eat ice cream tonight again. Right, right. You know, and so there's this. Um, am am I? Am I doing the right thing? Right. You know, there there's there's yeah. definitely a cost. Yeah. Uh, um. And and the am I doing the right thing? At the more we researched and the more we learned, the more we felt absolutely certain yeah. that yes. 
honestly got to the adamant point of yeah. I, I, I don't, I'm not going back. Yeah. They're, 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 yeah. That point came. By the time we got to the, the, we don't have to be sick. Yeah. There, you know, maybe, maybe heart attack does happen, like, mm-hmm. but it, it doesn't have to, you know? Yeah, it, it might, but it, it, it doesn't, it's not a pers- yeah, a prescription for right. life. Yeah. Yeah. By that point, then it was, we're, we're doing this. So ketogenic alternative, metabolic benefits, brain health, weight loss, some of the, some of the effects that we found pretty early on in the keto revolution for our life. Yeah. Because we, we didn't know what was really going to happen. We heard what might happen, but we didn't, we, we didn't know, but boy, we had some significant experience with our heads and our, our metabolisms and our hunger yeah, so initially, and you mentioned it a little bit, and I think I got us off topic, but you mentioned the keto flu, and that's something that is um, very common, mm-hmm. and it, it is one of the most common talked about side effects, if, if you want to say that, of yeah. beginning a it's ketogenic an effect, diet. An effect. Yeah, and the, <laughs> the, the treatment or whatever for the side effect is water and salt. Yeah. Yeah, it works. More more water. It doesn't last forever. And, and you need more salt. Yeah. Because the processed foods that <laughs> Withdrawals you... Withdrawals are tough. <laughs> well, the, the processed foods that you were eating have a lot of salt in right. them. And as you transition to... I mean, ours transition really to a whole foods diet. Yeah. And with that, you have to add salt. Yeah. And so, you know, some, some muscle cramps, just the... Standard things yeah. of a, of not having enough salt, and yeah. that's that's one of the things that uh, an effect of a ketogenic diet. It doesn't last long, mm-hmm. but that it is there, mm-hmm. and so that that definitely did happen, but not for long. Mm-hmm. And then um, from uh, your body's perspective, you your insulin sensitivity mm-hmm. goes up. The amount of insulin in your well, I mean your your blood sugars come down. The amount of insulin in your body comes down. Your insulin sensitivity goes up. Like there are some almost immediate, and that can happen within a number of hours, 12, right. 24 hours. That starts to happen. And uh, like that that one is an, is an almost immediate. Then um, your body actually starts producing ketones, ketones. within about 12 hours. Yeah. So if, if you actually fast between your evening meal and your breakfast, you know, if that break fast is actually breaking a 12 hour or so fast, Mm -hmm. you're probably producing ketones by the time you eat breakfast. Now, Mm -hmm. if you have a midnight snack or, you know, dessert before you go to bed or something like that, you probably still have glucose running around in your, in your blood. But you, so your body starts producing ketones rather quickly and, on on the ketogenic diet, the idea is that you transition your body full time to the to using ketones as fuel as fuel. Yeah, right. we noted noticed it pretty immediately though the effects of the ketones on our brains because we were middle aged at this point and you're, but you're in a high uh, mental stress and requirement job at that point in your life and but still brain fog 
is a thing. Yeah. Or maybe you think, well, this is just what it is. But then I don't know it, how long, let's just say like a month in. And we started noticing, man, my brain's like firing. Yeah. The clarity is there. My words are there. I, everything is just moving in my brain in a way that it hasn't in a really long time. Absolutely. The the brain fog that we didn't really know it was brain fog at the time. Right. But once clarity happened, you realize that there was fog. Yeah. And as we came... It's almost like cleaning your glasses. It is. You know, like you you wear them and they get sort of dirty, but you don't really realize they're dirty. Right. And then you clean them and go, wow. Somebody will be like, you need to clean your glasses. (laughs) Right. Oh, yeah. That's way better. It was like that. And the next thing you know, you're... You're feeling like, wow, my my, maybe I'm not gonna lose my mental capacity at 48. Won't lose all my marbles. At oh, least. not yet. <laughs> no, it, it just it really. We've probably just gotten used to it at this point. Yeah, because that's how we eat always now. But that initial wake up from the grain brain was it, it was pretty impactful. Yeah. Your brain loves ketones as a fuel source. And cholesterol. Yeah. It needs it. Yeah. Adding both of those things to our brains. I almost felt younger mentally. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Than I did before. Yeah. And I didn't, it wasn't like I felt bad, like I said. I just needed to clean my glasses, (laughs) I guess. (laughs) (laughs) And and we we did lose some weight. Yeah. Not an exorbitant amount of weight. We didn't need to lose an exorbitant amount of weight. Um, but we did. Our waistlines went down. Yeah. Our energy levels went up. Yep. And our hunger levels went way down. Yeah. I used to eat every two hours. Had to. Well, and th- uh, that's another one of those things that we were taught. Mm-hmm. You were taught lots of small meals. Yeah. Throughout the day is better for you. That way, you don't you, so you don't get you as much glucose glucose spikes normal so the the idea is you mm. bring your glucose up at breakfast and you just keep it high throughout the rest of the day <laughs> right you wake up ravenous and thirsty you wake up ravenous and thirsty and mm. you spike your glucose high and you keep it high throughout the rest of the day like that's that was the way of how do you avoid that slump that happens as you get a falling blood sugar level well don't ever let it fall Mm-hmm. You just keep eating snacks. Mm. You eat a meal and then you eat a snack and then probably another snack and then a meal and then a snack. And, mm. you know, and so like it, it's the, you got to keep that level. So I was a slave high. to that. I mean, I really was. I was an absolute slave to. That was, I, I, I mean, think, think back. That was another one of the things that we really talked about as we got, you know, you said a month into the ketogenic diet was I'm not hungry. Mm-hmm. I, we eat. Yeah. But there's there was that, you know, on the standard American diet, there's just that I must eat now, mm-hmm. you know? I go to people's houses, I just take my own snack because yeah. I know I'm going to get hungry. Because, yeah. And I hated it. Like, you hate being hungry. Right. Nobody likes that feeling. Right. It just, it drives you. It, it does. It, it's a, const, it's a it's, constant driver. The... I'm either eating or, or I'm thinking about what I'm going to be oh. eating because I know I'm going to be hungry. So I I have to, you know, I, I have to have that next thing. Yeah. And it, it, that one, the hunger one was one that we just sort of, it, I don't think I'm I don't, hungry. I don't think I'm hungry. 
And the next thing you know, all you need is like one meal would be good. Yes, we ate. We had children. We ate out of, we had ate at the right times and yeah. kind of out of habit. But I think one meal a day would would be just fine. And we, I would sometimes and not hungry. I, I'm telling you, I hated it. Yeah. The constant slave to the blood sugar drop. Yeah, that was that was very freeing. Also, the thought that I don't have we to were, eat. We were now in control. Uh, it felt like, at least for me, yeah. I'm now in control of my body, mm. where my body was in control of me. Right. Like there wasn't. It was going to let me know if I went too long between eating. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, there were, and I felt way more in control. Um, uh, as far as hunger was concerned. So we have all been subject to this diet or the the low fat over the years. There's being a, there's a, there's a swing happening. Thank goodness. Obesity has risen from 1970 to 2000. It has almost, that was to 2000. I mean, this is 23 years later. Yeah. And that from that, from the statistics that I'm currently looking at, it it tripled. Yeah. Okay, so we all did what they said. It's continuing to go up. Yeah. It's continuing to go up because it's addictive. We can get into that later, but it's and very difficult to come off of. The it is sugar, really. Yeah, the it is sugar. But yeah. And but someone, some people out there have benefited. We have not benefited as a society from this cray, the low fat, the food pyramid, the you got to eat processed foods here, try this. We didn't benefit. Our health has suffered, but somebody is benefiting. Yeah, the big food industry has really benefited. It's a... Big food industry. Yeah. Big pharma has benefited. Commodity grains have yeah, benefited. Commodity grains have benefited. Sugar, sugar has benefited. Absolutely. Although we still subsidize sugar. We subsidize sugar. We subsidize corn. We subsidize corn, high fructose corn syrup. We subsidize and pay with our taxpayer dollars the crap that's killing us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's absolutely true. Whether you want to eat it or not, you're paying for it. You're paying for it. If you're paying taxes. If yeah. you're paying taxes. Yeah. The, and, and they have benefited. And um, the, the, the formulas used in the foods are designed to make you want to eat them. I mean, it, it's a business, right? They, they need to sell more things. Mm-hmm. And the way they sell more things is to make it taste better. And so it, I mean, it, it's on purpose. <laughs> so here's one too the food industry sits on some of the policy making boards at the government level yeah that one if you want to dig if you wanted to go down that rabbit hole well, like as a as a viewer or listener that one start looking at the revolving door they talk a lot about the revolving door and what that's really talking about is the people that are going back and forth from being um, high-level corporate folks into Congress or and back. or, or um, 
being on committees Mm -hmm. and then back to being a CEO and back into the D.C. policymaker So bureaucracy to corporate, bureaucracy to corporate, and they're bouncing bouncing in and out to make sure that the money stays coming in. Yeah. Well, and I mean, even without that, the the amount of money that you're talking about uh, in the billions and billions of dollars, that equals lobbyists in D.C. Mm, right. And so the lobbyists ensure that the, the, the laws are written in a way, the committees m- make findings in a way that are going to continue the, the food industry. The biases and the conflicts of interests that are going on that are controlling our health and our population is mind-boggling. Yeah. Just absolutely mind-boggling. Yeah. Okay. So we where are we where are we today? Where let, let me let me fast forward because we have taken control of our health at this point. Big time. And we have decided that, you know what, we'll just take some individual personal responsibility for ourselves because I don't want to be taken advantage of by corporations anymore in that way. Yeah. So personal responsibility, but that's hard. It is. And I, and I think for us, it started with what, what I mentioned earlier was, okay, we just have to build a whole new foundation and we need to go find our own information. And, and, and we decided we will make the decisions for ourselves, period. Mm-hmm. Not, not based on what we th- think we know. Right. It, it, we're going to start from scratch and now we're just going to research and figure out for ourselves what works for us. Mm-hmm. And for us, it, it was a ketogenic diet. Okay. And we were there for quite some time and then actually transitioned into a carnivore diet and went meat only. We had meat and dairy mm-hmm. for over a year. And um, uh, when we... But wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. We ate meat for over only meat for a year. Over a year, yeah. And dairy. But, and mean, some dairy. Carnivore. We had some cheese. Animal. Animal. The end. Yeah. That's what we ate. Yeah. Eggs. Spices. Meat. Spices. Mm-hmm. That's what we ate. Yeah. So, but so the, that, that <laughs> flew... The body... The, that flew in the face, obviously, of... Um, must have glucose. Yeah, man. To have it, energy. It you flies gotta in the, eat some... It flies in the face of everything that we've been taught. Everything. So to go there, you have to have glucose. What we've been taught is you have to eat glucose because your body requires glucose. The cells in your body are fueled by glucose. If you don't have it, you'll die. If you don't have it, you're going to die. Yes. So you must eat things Mm -hmm. that have glucose. Mm -hmm. You must. That's what we've been taught. Mm -hmm. And so um, that's not true. At all. At all. So... uh, um, while active duty, first know, of all, of, we didn't die. Yeah, wait, right. wait, wait. <laughs> before you before you get in the nitty gritty, because I didn't have the blood work done that yeah, you had. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I can say 
you're I'm still, still alive. here. <laughs> <laughs> I ate that food for a year. And by the way, my body absolutely loved it. Yeah. As a consumed female. zero glucose. Zero glucose. For zero for carbohydrates. 14 months. For 14, for 14 months. Yeah. So the for me, I, I had, you know, annual um, tests done as part of my annual physical. And the the blood work on that year, we were about 12 months. This was fasting uh, yeah. blood work? Okay. Yeah. We were about 12 months into it. And I was really, really interested to see what my glucose levels were going to be, my blood sugar levels. Probably rock bottom. And I, I assumed they were going to be zero. I, I, but like, obviously they're not because I'm still alive, right? But uh, yeah. but I assume they're going to be terribly low yeah. and I'm going to flag all of the things. The yeah. doctors are going to go crazy. Yeah. You know, I'm going to be... I'm going to be flagged, rushed, out rushed, to, rushed to, to something, <laughs> military hospital, because I don't have glucose, right? <laughs> Just don't tell them why. <laughs> yeah, and um, my my glucose was right smack dab in the middle of normal range. Like mm. I I think I, I think if you took the the what what should be the low and what should be the high and was, and average them, like I think it was like truly it, right smack dab in the middle. And I was floored. I'm like, wow. Right. Because what we did not know and have not been told over our lives is that your body makes glucose. Yeah. It'll compensate. It, it makes the glucose that is required for it to live. Pretty spectacular in my opinion. Yeah. That God made it so that it'll just keep on working. Right. Even yeah, without it was, food. It was without eating glucose. Well, without eating glucose, but it actually, you can fast for quite some time and it will keep working. Still makes glucose. Yeah. Yeah. Shocking. It was shocking. It It was was very enlightening. You were, you were, you were, you were surprised. I assumed, I assumed at some level it would flag the system. I really did. This one was one that I was, I was already, you know, preparing it mentally for how am I going to have this confrontation because mm-hmm. I didn't think it was even going to be a discussion. Yeah, it was crazy. How am I going to have this yeah. confrontation with my physician? Mm-hmm. Because I know it's I know it's going to happen. So sugar is not required. No. Carbohydrates are not required in nope, order to get energy. In fact, you will be far more energetic if you do not eat them because you will not crash your insulin and your sugars will not go way up and then have to come way down and you feel like you need more. It just stays level. Yeah. And that's just way more energetic. And yeah. you can just keep going and going and going. Yeah. And your body will just keep <laughs> producing it. Oh, yeah. we were running. Yeah. Because you had to run. Yep. This was back when we exercised. Now we farm. And that's the same. But <laughs> right. <different>. Same thing. <laughs> but different. And running, we didn't we didn't hit wall. We didn't hit a wall. Mm-mm. You go five miles. And you you never hit that. Oh my God! I can't go any further wall until I get over the wall and get yeah. something else kicking, I mean, like and my body starts making glucose. Your, your muscles run would out. get tired. Like yeah, our, our muscles. But tired, I'm talking about but, that there, there wall. Was not that the wall. People, no. There was no wall, and no. we could just keep going and going and going as long as our you know, other muscles would you yeah. know, carry us. Yeah, absolutely. That was a that was a really interesting aspect as well that we learned. Yeah, as your body converts fat into ketones, mm-hmm. there's there's so much energy stored in fat right. 
that there's so much more energy available to your body mm -hmm. to burn mm -hmm. that like your your glucose stored standard american diet glucose storage it can still only store so much as glucose right all of the rest of the excess it it stores away as fat mm -hmm. but when you're running on a standard american diet you use that glucose and then as soon as that's used up now you hit a wall mm-hmm your your fuel source is gone until you transition to another fuel source. fuel source That's and right. it takes your body a minute yep. about 20 yeah to switch over but if you're in ketosis you you don't your mm -hmm. body's burning ketones that's mm -hmm. a, a result of, of fat uh -huh. right and right. so your body has thousands and thousands of calories worth of fat just in a normal person that are available as energy so we have been questioning the guidelines. We have been diving in and really saying, wait a minute. I don't think all of this is right. Uh, this right here, um, the medical journal is even the medical journals, JAMA right here. That's a, I, Journal of what, what's American JAMA Medical, Medical Association. Association. Um, not all dietary guidelines reflect the best or most recent science. Yeah. Question and research rather than blindly following what the community is currently telling you to eat because it, science does change. New information does come out. Okay. But so the, the thing, the thing that is so interesting to me is especially as we've been here in Missouri, especially as we've been doing some YouTube stuff, and then especially as we've been doing the podcast, we meet a whole lot of people that are um, very vocally distrust the government. Mm. Yeah, that's but, true. But yet, mm -hmm. mm. they eat the standard American diet yeah. because that's what they believe is right for them. Mm -hmm. Why? Why? I because that's what they say to do. Who's they? Right. Mm. It's very interesting. Well, because it's the norm. Yeah. And whenever you go against norm, you're you're going against you're it's a you're going upstream. Yeah. I mean, we've been going upstream for five years now. Yeah. Yeah. And whenever you're talking about food. That's it's hard because food is where we connect with people. Yep. The, around food, food is our relationship with food is connected to our relationship with people. Yeah, yeah. Culturally, yep. it's connected. Absolutely. And we have to eat, and it's 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 hard. It's really really hard. Sure is. Really hard, but getting finding information and making a decision about your own life and your own health an informed decision it has well it, it's been freeing for us yeah. honestly <laughs> it's been very freeing yeah and we have been well, i don't take any medicines we've got i used to be on blood pressure medicine i don't take that anymore i don't take anything honestly yeah super healthy trim waists super energetic could not speak higher of not eating sugar and carbohydrates so next week, what I think that we should do is 
now that we've kind of talked about our story and our background and how we got here, and it's, it is, it seems extreme, but it's really, really not. But next week, maybe let's dive into, well, then what do you eat? Yeah. Yeah. I what think did that's you eat when you started? What did you, okay, you talked about carnivore, but what did you eat fine during that period as well? That's pretty yeah. simple. And then where are we today with what we eat? What does a day look like? Yeah. Some people might be absolutely just going, <laughs> no. Right. Because I don't even know where to begin. Yep. And I can tell you what we don't eat, and that's fast food. <laughs> that is a beginning. <laughs> <laughs> we do not eat any fast food. Yeah. We do not really eat out at all. We do cook all of our own food. That is a start, even if you only started there. Yeah. So let's talk about that next week and really dive into yep. what we really, really eat. Yeah, yeah. Yep. What yeah. we ate back then too, and how how we decided how we like, right what there are resources because there are use. resources. Yeah. There are so many resources out there that you don't have to think about it. Don't try to reinvent the wheel. Yeah, people have done the work. They have come up with recipes. They have come up with alternatives. They have come up with things to walk you through making informed, yeah. better decisions yeah. about what's should, on your menu. Should you choose to? Oh yeah, uh, follow this style. Yeah. There are definitely resources. And I can there. assure you, we like good food and <laughs> we like tasty food and yeah. we eat good, tasty food. Yes. So next week we'll talk about that. Cool. So a farm update though. Yeah. We we do farm because we like good food. So we grow good food and that's why we farm. Um, we five proce- picked up five hogs from the processor last week. We did. Dropped off three whole hogs and filled p- three people's freezers. Three, two and a half. Yeah, no, we dropped. We've we've since distributed three whole hogs, but one of those was a half. Oh, okay, half and half. Right? Yeah. Okay. So we're filled four people's freezers. Four awesome. Families. Yeah. Um, it's cold. Oh yeah, it's really cold. And it was in the teens this morning, <laughs> and uh, it's November. Yeah, and it, it's in the teens. Not, Every the whole country was cold today, yeah. so. And we farm in the cold. Obviously, yeah. it was cold last winter too. But yep. it's November, and it takes a minute to get into the mindset of winter ops. Everything takes longer, and it's not just I have to put on more layers. Yeah, it takes longer because you have to drain all of the water hoses. Right. You can't have the float valves keeping water with the animals. The you have to bust the troughs. Like there's just there more. are there are things. This there are increased steps to winter ops. So yeah, we're it, it's a a bit of a wake-up So the call. animals are cold, <laughs> yeah, but they're tough. Oh yeah, they're very tough. We make yeah. sure our animals are tough. We don't like we don't baby ourselves over things, and we don't baby them either. Yeah. And it just makes for well, it just makes for hardier. Yeah, they're hardy. Everybody's hardy. They're doing good. They're cold. Our winter drop site. We tried that out this last week. It worked. Yeah, worked yeah, well. That's working well. And um, and we had folks go on to the website and make orders and mm-hmm. set up the delivery. Like yep. that whole that whole piece is working. So, so if you're again, if you're in this this area and you want your what we would normally have at the farmers market on Saturdays, if you still want it, get online, make an order, text, call, whatever works best for you, an yeah. order in, and I will see to it that it's packaged up and we will meet you in town on Saturday mm-hmm. at eleven. Oh, we also have to move the pigs. Yeah, it's time. It's time. Those guys need to move. Okay. So that's probably tomorrow, I would think. Uh, do you have any did you knows? I do. You do? I do. Oh, 
Is it? I was I was about to jump into it when you were talking about eating good food, and we like oh, to no. have tasty food. <laughs> we do and, like to have tasty food. And I I thought, man, what a what a segue into the did you know? Okay. So the the did you know today is the headline: Tyson Foods investing big in bug protein for new venture. Published August. October the 30th. Um, This is a Fox News article, and it is Tyson Foods is partnering with a Dutch bug protein company to bring insect farming to the U.S. using livestock waste as feed. They're going to build a facility in the U.S. that will raise insects. Um, The bug protein won't... Wait, they're going to grow bugs on... Poop. Livestock waste. Right. They didn't say poop. <laughs> it's poop. <laughs> it's poop. The bug protein won't be used for human consumption at this point. Oh. Instead, the facility will use animal waste from Tyson cattle to feed black soldier fr- flies which will then be processed into food for pets, livestock, and fish. Um, Skipping down, this venture aligns with a global shift toward alternative proteins and more sustainable Ah, food sources. There we go. Now we're getting to it. They're going to start out with feeding your dog this crap, and then they're going to force you to. Amid environmental (laughs) concerns, uh, more about feeding livestock waste, Mm-hmm. Um, as one of the target company, uh, sorry, largest food companies in the world, Tyson says um, about themselves, uh, they expect the demand for insect protein could reach half a million metric tons by 2030. Sig- oh my goodness, that's a convenient date <laughs> yeah. to put in there. It is. Tw- by 2030. Shocking. I'll be darned, y'all. It has... Surely has nothing to do with Agenda 2030. No. Where they want to oh my God. do away yeah. with all meats, all meats and feed you bugs. Yeah. A significant increase from the existing market of 10,000 metric tons That's in it. 2021. So I did a little bit, just looked a little bit into the, the company that they're partnering with is Protix. And Pro who? Protix. Like ticks. P-R- no, P-R-O-T-I-X. Y'all, they going to want us to eat ticks. No, they're not. Oh. The, um, in 21, actually, December of 21, uh, the EU recently authorized yellow mealworm and crickets for human consumption for Protix, an <laughs> insect producer, in order to ensure greater sustainability in farming and diets. Its existing products, existing products range from ingredients for pets, piglets, fish, chicken, and food and snacks for humans. The insects are processed into frozen and dried formulations so that can be used in a variety of foods such as mm. cereal bars, meat, meat products, dried pasta, meat and so on. products? M- meat products. I'm not... Hey... I, we don't produce meat products. We <laughs> produce meat. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, yeah. Okay. The UN's Food and Agriculture Organization, that's all caps, that's a thing, Food and Agriculture Organization, has identified insects 
as a nutritious and healthy food source, part of the EU's new farm strategy as an alternative protein source with the potential to facilitate a shift toward towards more sustainable food. Its low environmental impact and high nutritional value provides the opportunity to develop nutritious food with a low footprint. So that's Prodix. Got it. So that's Tyson, Tyson is now partner. investing and are a minority partner in their company. That's bringing correct. them to the United yep. States. But the Y'all. investment was in, in the billions, I believe. Yeah. So it's not just a little investment. No, it's big. a big investment. And they're they're planning to have a, a facility open by 25 in the U.S. And they they did mince their words, parse their words to say, mm-hmm. basically, at this point. At this point. So but we know, where, but they that's where they're going. Well, that's what products does. Mm-hmm. Right. Like in the EU, they're already doing it. Right. They're already making proteins from bugs for human consumption. Mm-mm. <laughs> right? Mm-mm. <laughs> so, did you know? <laughs> Tyson, man. It's, I can't even come up with a good one about what, what kind of chicken nuggets. Well, that would be a meat, meat product. product. They would just put it in their chicken nuggets. Right? Yuck. <laughs> I go, Tyson's gonna put that stuff in your kids' chicken nuggets. Maybe, probably. Uh, I don't know. That's not so at, gross. Not at this point. <laughs> so gross. But they okay. are investing in the company that would absolutely make it. Yeah, uh, yeah, yuck. Mm. I wonder how that's going to be listed on the back of the ingredients box. This contains insects. Are they going to tell us? Are they just going to come up with some 15-letter word and you're not going to know what it is? Because what, what if they, how are they going to do that? What if they use for genetically modified organisms now? They don't call them GMOs. It's Bioengineered. That, that's it. Mm-hmm. So it will be something like that. Okay. I, I guarantee you. Yeah. If you look on, on yeah, the yeah, labels, it, it says contains, bio, bio- contains bioengineered products mm-hmm. or, or ingredients. Yeah. That means there are genetically modified organisms, GMOs. Yeah. In that in food. That, in that food. And so I, I assume it will mm. be something like that. They won't okay. say, this contains crickets. No. I, or mealworms. I, I have a feeling, at least, I, I mean, I could be wrong, but yeah. I have a feeling that on the ingredient label, They'll just put a <laughs> the list on of there. ingredients, I don't think it's going to say Jiminy. No, probably cricket. not. <laughs> wow. 2030. Mm. Okay, well... That's enough of that. <laughs> That's enough of that. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you guys so much again for listening, liking, commenting. These The podcasts are doing really, really good. And the information and messages are getting out there about food, freedom, and farming. Yeah. And it's really, really fun to do. It's fun to watch. And it's a lot. Um, it's It's... It, it gives us all something to think about whenever people comment, yeah. you know, and we comment back and just creating that community. So continue to subscribe if you haven't already, like and follow. And if you can rate or review us as far as your podcast, Spotify or within Apple, that would be awesome too. That might 
bump it up to somebody's top of somebody's list so that they can see it and have a listen. Yeah, and if you learned, share it. Yeah, if you learned something, share it. Or if you even if you didn't if you have learn, a question, if you, if you found it entertaining. Yeah, maybe. if you have a question, uh, even we're going to talk about what we eat next week. But if you have yeah. any further questions about what we talked about this week, please ask. Please ask. Yeah. We love engaging like that. So, well, until next week. Bye, y'all. Bye, y'all.